Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to a Rocky Mountain edition of the Bandage Connors. Coming to you from a Denver apartment, as always, your co-host, Brett Connors. What's up, Jimmy? How are you today? Well, you've been busy. You've been on the road. You've gone to concert. You're visiting your great aunt. Uh, holy Christ almighty. I mean, uh, you know, you get a little time <laughs> off and you hit the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm still in Santa Barbara. We've uh, we finally hit summer, son. It's in the 80s here now, so we might have a little summer here with some nice warm weather. But, yeah, everything's going good, and I uh, miss you. I want to hear about your escapades. Yeah, I uh, came up and saw you, got some time off. I know we talked about that last time on the pod, trying to make good use of it. So I uh, came up, saw you guys for a few days, went and saw Coldplay in concert at the Rose Bowl. If you have the chance to go see them, they're, they put on a pretty good show. Um, they got tons and tons of hits. Make sure you leave early. Getting to the Rose Bowl is as obnoxious as ever, dealing with traffic and everything. <laughs> but uh, That's never easy, is it? No, but uh, good show, man. They got they got played for two hours, and, and like every song is a hit. You know, you recognize every song, even if you're not a, a huge fan. And and uh, they put on a good show, and, and that was fun. And then I decided to pack up the old Volvo and uh, head out. I've been pushing off visiting Aunt Nida. We've talked about Aunt Nida before. She's turning 96 in January. Moved from Missouri to Denver a, a few years back to be closer to uh, more of her family. Uh, her son Jimmy and, and his family all lives out here, uh, and Raymond. Still lives back in Missouri, but comes out to visit her. So yeah, decided to drive instead of fly. Not regretting that decision yet. I might on the way home. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always feel well, like... But, uh, but uh, you like doing that anyway. We've talked about that on on the podcast. You, you do things on your own and then, you know, like the travel. And you went to Iceland and you got a van and you lived in the van for a week, traveling around and playing golf and sightseeing mm-hmm. and, and doing all that. So... Uh, you know, your your driving skills. I mean, you sent me a picture. You were playing golf in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you just do it right, though. It, it seems to me that you drive for a bit. You see you want to do something. Uh, you get out of the car. You go play golf. And then you kind of relax for a bit. And then you get on the road again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seems to me like you got it down. I mean, you've done it enough to the point where you know how to do it. So you really just don't bury yourself. So when you get there, you're exhausted. Yeah. I enjoy driving, too. Living in LA, I live pretty close to work, thankfully. But um, you know, in LA, you don't get to drive a lot; you get to sit in traffic a lot. So there's, there's a difference, yeah. you know. So it's fun. I like kind of just putting music on or a book or a, a podcast, and you know, setting the cruise control at you know 85 or 90, and you know, just going. And if there's a national park or something on the way that I can hit, I'll, I'll stop. And I uh, decided to. I've always wanted to play golf out in Utah, Southern Utah, in an area called St. George Hurricane, which is close to where. Um, Zion is, which is the beautiful mm-hmm. national park that I've been to a couple times. So there's a course that I stopped at, decided to stop, got up, you know, drove four hours in the morning, got there and played 18 holes during golden hour at a course called Sand Hollow. So if you get a chance, I'll put out some videos. I took the drone out there with me and uh, took some shots. They have three or four holes on the back nine and are absolutely stunning. They're along like the red cliffs. If anyone has ever oh. been to the Southwest in like Utah, New Mexico, you know, those red rocks and then right. you know, sitting in the middle of all these red rocks, is this bright green, beautifully manicured golf course, you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's stunning. And, uh, you know, wouldn't play at 18, got stuck with a, uh, a two, some couple, uh, that came down from, uh, Bozeman, Montana on a whim to play golf, a young couple in their twenties thought that was kind of fun. Uh, Brad and Victoria, shout out to them, uh, had fun. Got back in the car, drove more, got to uh, Colorado yesterday afternoon, and have just been hanging out with Auntie. Uh, she's got a little apartment here, and uh, you know her family comes by and, and helps take care of her. She's you know slowing down a little bit, almost ninety six, but still you know in there working on her uh, crossword puzzles, and and we're watching the game show network, and uh, and she's reading her books, and and uh, you know it's just fun. I haven't seen her since Aubrey's wedding a few years ago, and and it's just fun to just be in the same room with her and, and just hang with her. 
Yeah, she's your great aunt and the times that she would come and visit us and spend time with us here in California. And and then, uh, you know, we would go back and see her in St. Louis. And then, you know, uh, her son Raymond and, and his family and Jimmy and his family, they got her up in Colorado and, you know, so that they could be close to her. And the one thing that I was just talking to your mom about is that she worked at uh, Walmart and drove until she was 91. <laughs> yep. I mean, she's had an amazing run and, and active and on the go and sharp. And, you know, 96 is very good innings and, and she still gets up and goes. And she's one of those that just love life uh, yeah. and lived it and, and loves her family. And, you know, if you look back, you know, at 96, that's almost 100 years. That's going <laughs> back. To, oh, my God. Imagine I mean, what she's seen. You know, the, Imagine exactly, yeah. and uh, you being up there with her. I mean, you know, I, she loves you, and and she loves your sister Aubrey, and and uh, for you to be up there with her, I know that you know that's kind of a shot in the arm for her, that uh, you know she loves you being there, being with you. Yeah, she does. She's a great grandmother now. Blake has a kid, and uh, Isha has four babies already under the age oh. of four. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which is crazy. Yeah. So they're all coming out for Thanksgiving. They're all going to be out here, which will be good. But um, I think you're right. Her whole outlook on life, ever since I've been a kid, she's so positive. Never seen her, you know, really get mad at anything. And, and if something comes up, it's always like, oh, you know, whatever. And it just, you know, rolls off her back. You know, she's always right. positive. She's religious. You know, she she prays a lot and has her Bible and all the things she does seem to work really well for her. And, and I've always tried to aspire to be more like her. There's no way I ever yeah. can be. <laughs> I'm already no, way too I, far behind, but. Uh. Well, <laughs> well, that's okay. But, you know, but listen, we've, we've been lucky and, and uh, we've got to spend an awful lot of time with her over the years. And, and I do know that this is your and, and Nida's favorite time of year because it's football season mm -hmm. and you guys have had a, a running football season the where you bet I thought what what do you each pick four games or yeah three or, or four uh, games a week and we put five bucks on each game right and I think after the last 30 years you should be about uh, even <laughs> <So>. <laughs> pretty much pretty <laughs> yeah, much pretty yeah much even yep we, we pick games every week and then uh, whoever is down uh, gets to pick the Super Bowl and we go double or nothing so a lot of the time, yeah. you know, we end up even for the year, which is actually the best possible thing. But, uh, you know, once in a while, if we do exchange money, the loser signs the bill. And so I have a, right. I have a couple hundred dollar bills stashed away somewhere that she had to sign where it says, you're giving, <laughs> you're giving this back to me next year. <laughs> yeah, but, but the good, the, the great thing about that is, and she, she's been out here in California with all of us uh, during football season, she studies it. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she's just not picking a game and says, oh, I, I like this team or I like, I mean, she gets down and she knows, yep. you know, who's the quarterback. Oh, this is the good players. He's injured and he's not playing. And she's not just going to go in there, you know, half ass. No, she's she looks at the lines. What she's doing. Yep. She looks at the lines in the paper. She's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So when the Rams left St. Louis, they uh, kind of abandoned all the, all the people back there, went back to L.A., so she uh, adopted the Chiefs fan, which is a good timing for her these last yeah. handful of years to be a Chiefs fan with Mahomes. But also, she's funny. You know, she's like a third grandma. You know, a Grandma Mary, Grandma Glow, and she's a great aunt, but I've always, you know, as much as we saw her, we saw her, you know, way more than people probably normally see their great aunts. Right. And last night, she was like, you know, we're sitting there, and I'm like, hey, you know, you want to just, you know, watch a movie or something? She's like, how about a little Cards? <laughs> so we whipped out the cards and she was yeah. she was beating me at poker so we're having fun we're just hanging out i just uh you know everyone's like you know she's slowing down she doesn't do you know a lot of stuff i'm like she doesn't have to do anything you know i just want right. to i just want to come up here and, and be in the room with her and, and help her with anything she needs and and uh just spend time with her so well you're up there give her a hug and a kiss for all of us here and you know you got to get back home eventually and uh you know so maybe you know the next uh, short period of time your mommy will come up and uh, and see her too so yeah. the more time we spend with her now the better and and uh but she I, I think she knows over the course of the years that she's been loved an awful lot yeah. and still is every day so yeah. uh give her a hug for us I will. but you know talking about football season betting mm -hmm. you know you you got your team that had a rough weekend. Yeah, Dolphins. Uh, you know, I, we talked about it a little bit that the Bills are the Bills are a good team. You know, the Bills were two and one, and the Dolphins getting all the hype. 
off that 70-point uh, performance over the, oh, in Denver now, Broncos. Sorry about that, everybody. Ah, um. <laughs> yeah, they, they came out, they were scoring. It was like 20, 21 to 14 early. They couldn't keep up, and they were able to take Tyreek Hill away from us, that first read of Tua. They kind of figured out that, you know, if they can take that first read away, make them, you know, dance around in the pocket, they were able to attack him a few times. But if you uh, looked at our schedule before the season, three out of four games are on the road. First four games are on the road, and uh, we're three and one. We now get two home games in a row to the Giants, who don't look like they're they're too much with Shaquan Barkley still out. Um, Daniel Jones having to carry the load. They're not protecting him much. So we get to uh, get play them and then Carolina the next two weeks. So, you know, fingers crossed we can come out of that. Uh, five and one and then we get i think the eagles and then eventually we play at night as kansas city chiefs in like germany oh boy yeah oh boy yeah that's well, gonna be a that's gonna be bitter between think, <laughs> between I, the family I think, members i think she, she may want to double up on that game with you yeah yeah she will i, I think she will <laughs> dolphins are 12 point favorites to the giants this week that's a pretty big number but uh i mean that's that's tough i just stay away but what have you been up to you, you had any appointments today did you uh, go see anybody we know yeah, I, you know, I get up and, and I got to just be honest with you again. I got my tennis in, you know, nice. I, I know everybody's going, geez, I thought you had three hip replacements. And yes, I did. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's fun to go out and and, uh, and and just be out on the court. And and if I can hit one shot in my 45 or 50 minutes, you know, uh, by memory, of course, you know, that kind of reminds me of the old days. I walk up there feeling pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so that was fun. And then. Uh, Who'd I, you I went play to with? See, uh, uh, friend Richie. You uh, play with Richie. That, uh, nice. That's been on. That's been on the podcast with us, and uh, he he's my uh, my regular game. So you know he's kind to me. He hits the ball down or pretty close to down the middle, so I don't have to uh, break my back running. And no, uh, that's nice. That's uh, different yeah. than his golf game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it's left, sometimes it's right. right. But, uh, but keeping it down the middle sometimes is rough. But but uh, yeah, we have a, we get a good workout, and and like I said uh, at the beginning, it's it's summertime here. It's in the eighties here now, so I got a good sweat, which I've missed. That's the one thing about when I wasn't playing uh, any tennis that I really missed is that good sweat where you feel like you've really done something and worked hard. So I did that. And then I had a, a dentist appointment, which is always kind of nerve wracking. But I see uh, our friend uh, uh, Lance, who, who you grew up with and mm-hmm. went to school with. Nice. Uh, so he's he's our dentist, and go back and you know it's good conversation being with him, and and he's a great dentist. He takes good care of us, and he got me in and out in a hurry. I, it's only taken me seventy one years to do this, but I, I got Invisalign. <laughs> nice. And so. He was laughing today and he says, this is what he was kind of explaining the whole process to him. And he, and he looked at me and he says, you're 71. Why are you doing this now? <laughs> so, <laughs> why not? And, and I told him, yeah, I said, why not? I said, to keep me from come seeing you because, you know, if my team, they, they need to shift a little bit. So anyway, it's yeah. just going to be an interesting process. I'm looking to for, looking forward to seeing uh, just just how things happen and how long it takes and and the whole process of the idea of Invisalign. Yeah. So uh, well, that's what I've done. And that's cool. Well, you and uh, then, didn't I think Spencer got the same thing too? So maybe you guys could start a little uh, Invisalign diary together and uh, <laughs> and give yeah. us the uh, shift by shift updates. That, uh, <laughs> he's a little bit ahead of me. He's like three weeks ahead of me. Oh. I, I, yeah, so it, it, uh, I'm kind of interested to hear what he has to say, but. Yeah, and then after that, then I had to make a stop on the way home to uh, at the at the drugstore. So I got home and I, I walked in the door. Your mom was here. I had a little bite of lunch and uh, you know talking to you. So nice. You know, I, I get my day you know kind of finished by one. The market closes at one here, so uh, I kind of uh, closed down after that. And so the rest of the day, you know, I can go go play some golf, go hit some balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Options. I've been thinking. Yeah, I got some options, you know, which is which is kind of good. But there's one thing that uh, I I wanted to do, and I and and I know that you've done it. I wanted to see Equalizer three. Mm, I did. Is it I, worth it? I saw it uh, Sunday night with Melina and Mr. Rex. Rex, who ah. who does uh, who used to do mom's hair, and then uh, now gives me and Melina our, our haircuts. Comes to our house. The dude is one of the coolest, most charismatic guys I know. We met him, had dinner, and then went and saw Equalizer 3 at Century City. Uh-huh. It was good. It was good. It wasn't amazing. 
It was entertaining. It's uh, right. you know one of those movies that's not thick with the plot, but has lots of you know fun action and and I like Denzel a lot, so it, it's fun to watch yeah, him for two too. hours. Um, it's you know it's a little different. It's it's in a different country this time, and it it kind of brings back a character from I think the original. I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's worth seeing if you like the first two movies. Definitely go and check it out. I liked them, and uh, and I am going to go check it out. And because you know, you said uh, you know, I like Denzel. Also, I think he's really good in that part. Mm-hmm. The, you know, kind of low key, laid back, but has all the skills that guys only dream of, right? And and uh, <laughs> able to you know take care of himself and and other people too. So right. yeah, I'm uh, I'm down to go see that. I'm going to go do it. Yeah, I'm, I feel like have you seen the movie with Denzel back in the day called Man on Fire? Oh yeah. I feel like they just, somebody saw Man on Fire and was like, dude, that was sick. Why don't we do that again? We don't have the rights to that. All right, let's just call it Equalizer. Equalizer. (laughs) You know, because he's kind of the same guy. He's like a a dude who travels all over and and knows tons of skills, but he's a really good guy. You know, that's a great flick too. If you haven't seen Man on Fire, you go, go check that out. But but going back uh, to Equalizer, that was a TV series at one time. Right, that's right. Uh, that was a great show. Was, I forget the name of the. Do you remember the name of the guy? I can look it up. Hold on. Edward Woodward. Oh, okay, good. Edward, that's good. I, I think that's his name. Who who played the Equalizer and in uh, 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 the the great line? I wish I could remember it. Where he where he types it in and he says need help or whatever at the end. And yeah, it was a great show. And I like things like that. Shows like that where. You know, there's there's some action and some intrigue and and uh, yeah, it keeps my interest better. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Edward Woodward was his name, and I you know what I remember about the show? <clears throat> it was the one other show besides uh, James Bond where he like had the Walter PPK, like his main gun oh. was like a little. It might have been a different caliber, or something, but it looks a lot like the Walter PPK. So that's kind of cool. Well, uh, can we compare it, comparing that to James Bond, that's uh, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> Yep. You know, for me, I, I was yeah. always a Bond fan and, and uh, still am. Yep. I think they're talking, they're in the talks about, you know, recasting somebody new and maybe making a new one. But I feel like they've been saying that for a while. Um, right. Idris Elba, Idris Elba, anybody, anybody? I think he'd make a pretty good Bond for one or two movies if they wanted to do yeah. it. All right. Let's talk a little sports. Not a ton going on, but I want to uh, go over a couple things that happened uh, last week. First, in the tennis world, um, did you see this? A guy that we're big fans of here, I've talked a lot about, continued his progression here. The summer has been a, a great summer for him. Mr. Yannick Sinner won the Beijing mm-hmm. Open, won the China Open uh, a couple days ago. It was kind of a weirdly scheduled event where it like, ended on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something instead of normally like on a Sunday. Um, but Sinner, <clears throat> interesting path to the title. Like in his first round against Evans, he went three sets and uh, Evans was like mocking him. Like Evans was on the, you know, like Sinner, I think had like a trainer called or something where, you know, he was like, he was hurt. And Evans, I think, thought he was like faking. So he was like mocking him on the court. Mm. Sinner ends up Mm. coming back, kicking his ass. Um, And then I think he was throwing up in his second round match. I think it was against Nishioka. I'm not sure, but he was, he was sick. And long story short, he ends up semifinals against Carlos Alcaraz. We've talked about that Mm. matchup before. We talked about it with Darren on our uh, US Open wrap up, how that's kind of like the funnest besides joker alcaraz which we'll get into in a second you know center alcaraz has been popcorn material you know like can't miss right and it, it was another good match it didn't go three sets but um center took it two straight sets came back from a breakdown twice in the first which i thought was pretty impressive he's he's got that quality to him like with andy murray that has and has always had in his career where murray might get broken but then center can break right back you know, I feel like right. his breakback percentage, I don't have it in front of me, but must must be pretty high. Um, so, you know, was able to get a breakback twice, takes the first set, and then, you know, gets an early break in the second and runs away 6-1. And so you're like, wow, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But he's got Mr. Medvedev there in the final who he hasn't beat yet, you know, winless against him. So you're thinking, oh, well, you know, what's going to happen? Goes out and beats Med in two straight sets, 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six. handles business right. there. China Open. It seems like it's another step. You know, he beats a guy he hasn't beaten before. He gets another. He owns the head-to-head now with Carlos, four to three, um, winning I think two in a row now. So, what what did you think about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, when you, you come from a, a breakdown and you break back right away. Uh, you know, when it, when you break serve, you know, I always thought that there's always a letdown there. 
you know, because you put in the the work, the hard work to win the other guy's serve, to go ahead and to, you know, kind of have the momentum and everything going with you, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes a, a, a natural response is a letdown. Right. That you think, well, I got him now. and Or, or look, uh, you know, look, he's discouraged. If I ever lost my serve, discouraged was the last word I was going to get. Mm-hmm. You got to jump on him right away again. And Sinner seems to have that quality. You know, it bothers him, but hey, look, I'm good enough. I can break you back and I can take advantage of maybe you're having a little bit of a letdown. And it can happen to anybody and everybody that when you get on top, you know, what's the normal response? Mm -hmm. Take a breath. You know, no, it's to go on and to try. Now I want to get trouble for this. If I say this, my thought was to bury him, you know, if I ever got on top. But that's a different attitude. A lot of guys, you know, don't have that attitude, maybe don't want that attitude. But anytime, that I, I would get on top right or I, I didn't want them to have a chance to ever come back. Right. Ever come back and have a chance to win that set. And nobody's perfect. It, you know, it doesn't work all the time, but that was kind of my thinking. Yeah. And to talk about center, you know, he's got the kind of game, he's got that big game. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's powerful, and he gets around the court pretty damn good for a mm. big guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so he's got the game that can, you know, that, that he's not afraid to turn it loose and to try to get back on top. Yeah, I mean, it's like the old saying, right? It's not a break until you consolidate, until you hold serve on the next game. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that seems to be, you know, a big thing where, like, guys maybe put in a lot of effort into breaking, and then it's not even like they're letting down. It's just like a natural thing. We're like, phew, you know, I got that break, phew. And it's like, well, okay, right. well, now the other guy's, like, in panic mode a little. He's down to break, so he's going to be playing even more aggressive. The thing I, that was interesting to me when uh, when we talked to Darren about Yannick, when we talked about what makes the rivalry with him and Alcaraz so good, was he said, well, w- when he plays Carlos, he, he can only kind of play this one way, which seems to me like super aggressive, where he kind of can't mm-hmm. sit back and, and rally and wait for a spot and an opening like he can with maybe a lot of other players where he's dictating. In a game with Carlos, Carlos won't give you that time. He's looking to take the first ball, the short ball he gets, and take command of the point and move forward and knock off a volley, you know? Right. And so I thought it was interesting. Well, like, well, if he's able to do that and have pretty good success against them now, you know, four to three head to head, playing that style, why doesn't he kind of do that all the time? Or, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, against all the guys. And so it seems like maybe he's starting to learn that and then kind of be more aggressive. Like in the next matchup against Medvedev, to win in straights is pretty good. Med's been playing some pretty good tennis this year, especially yeah, on the yes, hard courts. So to come out of there in straights and to win two tie breaks against Med, who's a pretty good tie break player, is pretty strong. And I, and I love seeing it. He's at a new all-time high, four. He's number four in the world. I think he's still got potential to move up more. And, and, he, and what is that? Uh, how many tournaments now has he won? 11? Uh, let me see. Hold on. Nine, eleven, something like that. But the, I guess the idea is the competition that he had there. You know, he beat Alcaraz and he beat Medvedev. That's some pretty strong back-to-back wins. Mm-hmm. Nine. Uh, He's and, got nine titles now. Nine, nine titles. Yeah. You know that that's strong back-to-back wins. Beating Alcaraz and, and Medvedev like that, and mm-hmm. still just twenty-two. Just turned twenty-two in August. You know, there's another Leo. What's up? Yeah, but you know what I like about him, Brett, is that he seems. To when he wins a tournament like that, that, that he's not satisfied, mm-hmm. that he wants to go. He's not going to sit back and live off of that for a year or so and say, well, you know, I, I won Shanghai. He wants to go and Beijing. continue on. Or Beijing. Yeah. yeah, sorry. That's all good. And he wants to continue on. And, 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 you know, he's number four. He wants to be number three, number two, number one. And the way he's going to do that is by beating the best. Yep. You know, he, he beat Alcaraz. He beat Medvedev. That's two of the top three, right? Yep. Maybe D- Dimitrov also, who's had a pretty good summer. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, the confidence that he has now, he's understanding that he can beat these guys and that he's got the game and he's got everything necessary to be the best player. And now it's just a matter of going out and, and doing it. Rinse and repeat now. Yeah, it seems like he's found a good formula. Yep. I'm happy watching them kind of like take these next steps because uh, when you watch him, you're like, there's not a lot of guys who can do some of the things he does. And uh, once he gets the confidence and he sees, you know, now he's got the proof, look, you can beat Med, boom, there it is. Who cares if you lost the previous five or six or whatever it was, you're 1-0 and right. in the last one. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, you're only as, as good as your last match. And he's got that feeling now of what it's, you know, he lost, what, six or seven times in a row? I think so, yeah. And uh, now, like I said, he's got a formula. 
you know, not that he's going to win the next time or he's going to win six in a row. That's not the point. The point is that he knows now that he's got the game to do it. Yep. And he shouldn't be afraid. You know, I, I lost to Nastasia a number of times in a row, too. So you get to a point where you say, oh, my God, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's going to happen? What enough's do I have to enough. do? What's going to Yeah, you start questioning yourself. And then all of a sudden you win that one time. And then, you know, that kind of goes away. It explodes. And you just go out and you say, I belong out here. I, I don't care who I'm playing. And obviously he's playing like it because he's had one hell of a summer. Yep. And a couple other things that uh, in the past people have talked about uh, with health stuff or, you know, injury stuff and, and to be able to ha- come through matches early in the tournament where there were some, you know, some issues that he might have had is good. And then the other thing was, you know, he's had big wins in the past and then maybe not backed it up in the next round. And so to come through mm-hmm. a huge win with Carlos and then boom, straight setter over Medvedev to take the title, I think is another uh, really good indicator of his like progression and maturity. You know, sometimes that's like when you break serve, you know, you beat Alcaraz in the semis and sometimes like you break serve, you think, well, I've done my job. Right. But you haven't. I mean, now you really have to do your job by by going into the finals, which is where you're begging to be anyway. Right. You're you want to be in the finals to to have a chance to win the win the tournament. So, mm-hmm. you know, you think normally there would be a letdown, but you can't afford that. No. You, know, you, you have to you have to even go in more intense and more. Uh, eager to you know to get out there and, and to, to to play your game and, and to come through as a winner and uh, like I said it's a formula and it seems to me like he's found a good one. Yep. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for the candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that help you find match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes it easy for me. I don't have a lot of time, like probably a lot of you out there, so I need to have everything all in one place. Indeed's got it all. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see the search. We get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed does the hard work for you. Indeed shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash Connors. This offer is only good for a limited time, guys. Claim your $75 job credit now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors and support our show, Advantage Connors, by saying you heard it here. It helps us a lot. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Well, then you need Indeed. When you sponsor an Indeed post in the U.S., you're three times more likely to get a hire, according to Indeed data. 81% of the U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Was there one quote that you saw from Alcaraz that you wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah, I saw, and and, uh, uh, correct me, didn't see the whole thing, but uh, the gist of it was, about uh, they ask him about you know uh, when he goes out uh, and practices or plays uh, you know is, is he thinking about Djokovic mm-hmm. and uh, he says yeah just you know every time I go out and practice every time I play I'm thinking about him you know and my first thought about that is you know I I get that uh, you know he's uh, even though uh, Alcaraz beat him at Wimbledon he's been kind of a thorn in his side a little bit but you know you, you got to be careful doing that because then you're preparing for only one guy. And I understand also that you think, well, if, I, if I'm playing good enough to beat that guy, I'll be able to beat everybody else too. But that's not really true because other guys have different games, as he saw with Sinner. And, and the way he plays is, is different than uh, the way Novak plays, is different than Alcaraz or Medvedev. And you know, these you know, guys are they're, they're big, they're strong. Some guys take a little bit more advantage of a short ball. Other guys play six, eight, ten feet behind the baseline and and are able to hit winners from back there, like Medvedev. You got to be prepared, you know, for everybody that you play. So it's it's your game, 
you know, I, I would go out and, and I'd work on my game because I thought my game should be good enough to play anybody, not mm-hmm. just to play one guy, yeah. but, but, uh, but to play anybody. And, and, uh, you know, so what would that take? You know, it's, it's not just Novak, it's a uh, center and Medvedev and, you know, a little bit of everything. If I do that against center shit, that'll work against him, mm-hmm. but it may not work against Medvedev. So I, what do I, what do I have to do for right. that? So every, everybody's, it, it's a, you know, that, that's the great thing about tennis. Uh, is that you know the different games and the different styles and the different characters and the different personalities that hopefully they're getting more of out there now right. that, uh, that that's going to allow these guys to you know figure it all out, which would be great. Yeah, I, I got the quote right here. It says, "I think about Djokovic almost in every practice. I am not going to lie. Uh, I train with the goal. I go to the tournaments with the goal. I think I know what he means. And like you know, I, I don't think that he's saying that he's." tailoring his game to Djokovic. I just think in his mind, Djokovic is the best or the other great player out there, the guy that, you know, he's quote unquote kind of chasing. So like, you know, I understand what he means, but then I also understand what you mean where it's like you can't get too focused on one guy or one girl or whatever, you know, because you're right. Like tennis is so finicky like that. Like you think, well, well, X beats Y. So Y should be, you know, X or whatever it is when you go round and round, like with, uh, with med, med loses usually to Alcaraz and then Sinner always loses to med before, you know, this week. And, but then Sinner mm-hmm. can beat Alcaraz. So like that doesn't make sense, you know, like when it goes around right. like that and it's just, it's just the matchups. Um, but I think he's just saying, you know, like, look, you know, you know, Novak's got 24 grand slams. We've had some great matches this year. Yeah. And a broad stroke, right. More, more of a broad stroke. Right. right. Like, like right. when, like when you were playing and well, I don't know, whoever was one, like if you, when you were one and then you lost it to Borg or to McEnroe or to Lindor, or whoever it was, it was, didn't you, when you would go and grind and train kind of like theoretically, you're like, Hey, I'm, I want to get back to one. And like, you know, yeah. whoever's at yeah. one, you're kind of like, you know, you know, you know, grinding That's towards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. That uh, that's exactly right. So I guess the best thing to say would be to try to incorporate both feelings of that, right? Right. And also, Djokovic is older. You know, I mean, he's going to play for you know a few more years probably. But also, like you're like you're saying, like, look, the guys you really should be really focusing on are the sinners and the runas and the meds and you know the the guys that are that your age you're going to be playing for the next like ten or twelve years possibly. You know, Djokovic, you're right. going to be playing for another two or three years. You know, you know, who knows how long he plays, but just talking out loud. But uh, I, I see both sides, and I think it's just it's a setup question too, where the guy goes, so like, do you think about Djokovic like all the time in your practices? So like, what's he supposed right. to say? Like, no, I think about Sinner. You know, like he's going to phrase the answer and kind of like the way the question was like, you know, asked. I got you. To be honest with you, I think he handled it pretty darn well myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you gotta, and I like that he says that. that. Yeah, that he's also just what twenty years old now. Yeah. And it's an awful lot of success, right, for those guys at uh, 20, 21, 22 years old and, yep. you know, at the top of the game. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the future of the game. I mean, we talk about that all the time. And, and the pressure and that's put on them now, you know, Federer is gone. Nadal, I think he's maybe back practicing now. Mm-hmm. Who knows what his schedule is going to be or how long he wants to play or even if he would be able to play. You don't know that. So the next generation, it's their turn. It's their time. Yeah. But also, like, uh, for years, we've kind of dogged all these, like, younger guys, you know, the guys who have come after Joker's generation as saying, like, no one wants to step up. And kind of like go after those top three guys. Well, like here's Carlos saying it. Like, hey, I train. I think about going after Djokovic. Kind of saying, I want to, yeah. you know, knock him off the uh, off point. the throne. So I think you know he's kind of given us what we've wanted for a long time. And like you said, he's Good just point. a twenty year old kid. It shows you kind of how mature he is and and how willing he is to take on that burden and and like go at it head on. I like his attitude. Yeah, me too. I like it. Yeah, you know, and and not only the way he talks off the court, but also the way he is on the court. You know, and, and the way he goes at it and the way he gives it his all. And I keep saying that, but, you know, that's what they get paid the big bucks for. They should go out and give it their all. But he does. And I like seeing that. Those guys that, that are digging, you know, getting in the dirt and getting dirty and, and grinding and, and know just what it means to be the best player in the world or, or to win a major championship, a Grand Slam tournament, and to know what it means to them personally, but also, you know, to tennis in general. Right. You know, and, and, and how that, you know, helps carry the game when these young guys, because they're those sellers now. They're the sellers of the game. Mm-hmm. 
to, you know, to the next generation coming up that are six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, whatever, that look and see Alcaraz or Sinner or Medvedev or whoever, whoever you, you want to pick yeah. and say, I want to do that. Right. You know, that's who I follow. I want to be like that. Yeah. He's a good advertisement for the game, too, just because he's, yeah. he's great. He's fun to watch. And he's, he looks like he has fun. You know, he smiles a lot. And he's out there and he enjoys what he does. And well, he likes I, the grind. I hope tennis lets him continue that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I think, but they I will. hope they do. I mean, you know, the you know that the tennis needs you know guys that are doing more than just playing the game, that they're selling it too. Yeah, and getting it out there and into to all the kids and into the fans to draw them in to be part of it and to get them down on the court playing matches with them, get them that in uh, involved in what they're doing and and uh, kid like that and and center, you can grab onto guys like that. Yep, and ride them through their whole career. That's the fun part of it, or like them or, or not, but you can see what they're willing to do and what they're willing to put into it and how important it is to them and the passion that they have for it. And they're not afraid to show you that. So like that or not, you can ride that throughout the course of their career, which only brings more people to the stands. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And I love that they're both uh, stepping up into like the the rivalry, you know, like Sinner mm-hmm. keeps getting better. Like you can tell he's using Carlos as like a as his goal in a way. And then Carlos is using Joker and then they just, everyone's trying to make each other better. And, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. So we'll have to see how uh, it goes next week. I think it's Shanghai next week. So we'll see, uh, who can come out of that one. We can't get out of here without talking a little Ryder cup golf. Did you take in any of that? I know it's been, a, been almost a week here, but what did you think about that drama filled weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I watched it. You know, I uh, tell you all the time I'm up early anyway. And even though that was, like one thirty-two in the morning, I was or three in the morning, whatever it was. I was up watching some of it, and the you know the European squad they started off on a roll, getting off on a on a, I think it was a four to nothing uh, win after the first round. You know that's a pretty big deficit, but the interesting you know the the matchups and the format and things. It's still really, even though Europe was up, I think it was four and a half or five points going into the last day. It still comes down to the singles matches mm-hmm. and who's going to come through and win those. And and uh, I liked watching it. I also liked watching the Solheim Cup the, the week or two earlier than that. I'm a better team watcher. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Ryder Cup team or the Solheim Cup team. And, and uh, I, I was never a real good team guy. I was more of an individual and, and uh, even uh, your... Uh, my my buddy Nastasi and uh, your godfather, you know, he even after a while he dumped me playing doubles. So, uh, you know, but I always felt better on my own. But some guys thrive on the the team competition. Yeah, uh, and it seems like Europe and the Ryder Cup, especially in Europe, you know, the excitement and the thrill that they get all getting together and uh, the team playing as one, trying to for that common goal. Not that. It's more important over there than it is over here. I think it's very important over here, just as just as much. But they seem, and it goes back. If you listen to them, they always bring up Seve. <laughs> uh, you know, Bell was one of my favorites. I mm-hmm. loved watching him play. But they always bring Seve up and and what he brought to it and how much that meant to him. And and they continue, you know, to to thrive and to pull on him. Mm-hmm. over the past years and and uh what ju- just what he meant to it and and, and it's almost like we're going to do it for Seve, you know mm-hmm. kind of thing and and you know what a great attitude to have and you know they came through and uh you know played some played some great golf and uh, ended up winning the the Ryder Cup yep and i think you're right with um, it being us versus europe right uh, yes. like the u.s is just one country so it's like yeah we're all from different parts of the country but we're all from the same country with europe it's all different countries so it's all guys putting you know aside because those countries might have had difficult pasts you know what i mean or like gone to war or whatever but when the Ryder cup all those guys put all that kind of shit aside and they come mm-hmm. together and it seems like it's a little different kind of camaraderie you know it's nothing against the u.s it just seems like it's it's different because it's countries instead of just like one country but yeah, Sevi, Sevi's, you know, one of our favorites here. Miss him every day. Feel like he inspires guys like Rom. You know, I bet you Rom thinks about him all the time. Um, right. But you said something about like not being a team guy. Uh, something came up over the weekend. And, and the funny part is without the drama, I know everyone's like, oh, the drama. And we'll get into it in a minute here, some of it. But uh, if there wasn't any drama, it would have been like 
a popcorn fart of a Ryder Cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was, it was such yeah. a blowout. It was like, yeah. it was never close. They, like you said, they got on top of them early on Friday in, in, the, in the best ball or whatever it was. And then they kind of never took their foot off the gas. And if it wasn't for all the drama and the stuff, uh, you know, no one would even be talking about it. It would just been like, geez, another good victory for Europe. They blow out US. You know, we'll see them again in two years in the, in, back in the States. But um, you said something about not being a team guy. The, one of the controversies that came up was that the US team was fractured in the locker room because between guys who, uh, you know, are more team guys versus guys who might be a little more individualistic, like let's say Patrick Cantley. And so the rumor mm -hmm. was is that Cantley thinks that the players should be paid to participate in the Ryder cup. I guess they don't, right. you know, they sell them on the idea that, Hey, you know, you get to participate for your country and, and this and that. And so that's why most of the guys play, but you know, everyone around the Ryder cup is trying to turn a profit. You know, all the sponsors right. and all the uh, TV channels and, you know, the, the Ryder Cup itself as an entity is probably trying to make money. And and so uh, I just wanted to talk to you because I know you were kind of similar back and forth with the with Davis Cup back in the day. You know, you played it, but it wasn't always maybe your favorite thing. You're more of an individual guy when it comes to playing tennis. So uh, what did you think about Cantley and, and, and all that stuff? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, you you want to hear about it and know what's really behind it. And if, uh, you know, they were saying the locker room was fractured, was it really, <laughs> you know, or, or did, was that something that really just got out? And cause I heard one explanation that they couldn't find a hat big enough for Cantley, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I mean, how are you supposed to look at that? You know, it's like anything else that goes, you, you know, there's their side, his side and the truth. Right. But I didn't know if that, were they being serious about that? Or were they saying that his head is so big, you know, wink, wink, that we couldn't yeah, find well, a hat big enough yeah. for him? I, I, you don't know, really. <laughs> I mean, it would, it would be interesting to have been a fly on the wall there, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, to really get the true facts. But it, it's interesting because, you know, you're dealing, I think, with 12 guys, right? In mm -hmm. the, plus the coaches, uh, plus the captain, and then the half captains or whatever else, or yeah. the other guys around, uh, you know, so, I mean, that's a pretty healthy dose of great athletes in the, in the room at the same time. Right. You're to be there for the same reason, which is to win the Ryder cup and to win your match and everything. But, you know, egos are egos, let's face it. And, and it is close as uh, I guess anybody is, you know, when you're playing a team competition, you got to set all that aside. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's difficult to do. I'm not saying that that that's what causes it, but I'm just saying that, that that's a, a healthy dose of great athletes in one room at the same time. But you hear a guy like Max Homa, who I really like. I like his game. I like the way he plays. And he, he seems to have a great attitude, you know, and, 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 and his sincerity, uh, what he said about the way he feels about all those guys. I believe him mm -hmm. because for him to have been a part of that, I can't, I can't remember if that's his first one. It might have been his second Ryder Cup that he played. But he comes in and and you can see the emotion in the guys and the captains and on both sides, the you know, the yeah. the way they feel about how important it is and what does fractured mean? Also, uh, you know, also like it's fractured. So like, OK, so what you're saying is Cantley thinks they should get paid and there's a bunch of guys in there who don't want to get paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so like if Cantley, yeah, if Cantley got his way. And they all of a sudden got a check. You're telling me that the fucking locker room would be like, no, dude, we don't want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. give me a break. Like the fractured, like it seemed like a made up kind of controversy, you know? Yeah. And you're right. You're dealing with a lot of different egos and all these guys are used to just being in control of themselves. You know, they're, it's, they're one and, guy. And, they're, and all of them are used to making a lot of money too, brother. Right, right. And, and it, know, seems so like, it seems like if, if you wanted to get paid, this is something that you get brought up like before, not like on day right. two of the Ryder Cup when you guys are getting like crushed. You know, it seemed like, was this them trying to fabricate a story to create some drama because it was such a blowout or, you know, who knows? But it was a little weird. And then, and then it all like kind of came to a head with Cantley. I mean, I, I kind of like Cantley sometimes. He's, yeah. he's, he's good, man. For Cantley with all the stuff, with all the crowd, you know, jeering him and, and waving their hats at him and doing all the chants and everything, the guy goes birdie, birdie, birdie to roll him right. over, to roll him over. They were down right. one. So he goes, <laughs> rolls them over. Yeah, he's an amazing putter. Makes a 43-footer on 18 in front of all the people who are begging and wishing for him to miss. 
you know, and then his caddy. His, did you see the stuff with Joe LaCava? It was his caddy who right. used to be a caddy for yeah. couples for 20 years, I guess. Right. He goes right. up and, the, and you know, he's... The of the hat. Right, the, yes. The yeah, so, like, you got to look at it a little bit from the Americans' perspective. They're in, like, enemy territory. Like, everybody almost in those stands is rooting against them. And then now right. they have this thing. They can pick on them about the hat, and everyone wears a hat so they can do the hat chant. And, and so Lakava's just kind of, like, back. You know, he's just going... He, he's got his buddy's back. You know, he's got his, his player's back, and he goes up. He's doing the, the wave thing with the hat, and then McElroy takes issue to it, and then there's words there, and, and it kind of spirals from there. But w- what's up with McElroy always being in the center of some shit? Uh, you know, it, it seems like when uh, a live golf came around that he became uh, more or less the standing voice of the PGA. Right. The status and quo does defender. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. He's like the guy who's like now the face of everything or I don't know. It's just, it's weird though that anytime there's some sort of drama, whether it's LIV or it's getting paid or now it's with this and LaCava might've been a little bit like, uh, you know, maybe he shouldn't have gone as far close to his ball, but it's also like, dude, do you see the moment? The guy just made a 45 foot putt. Like you wouldn't celebrate that in the U S if you shut everyone up and, you know, on the 18th hole to win a, to win a match. I don't, I've never made a 45 foot putt, but I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. But it's amazing. Well, I, I mean, look what happened when, uh, it was back when, uh, Justin Leonard, didn't he make a, Tremendous putt. I guess yep. it was in uh, in the Carolinas. Uh, you know, the war by the shore or something mm-hmm. like that. He made a a tremendous putt, and 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 to you know, and nobody stayed in the stands there. Yeah, uh, you know. So, well, that's I mean, and then they remember they walked all over the lines and everything. That was, that's the one you're talking about, right? Where where Leonard yeah. made the putt, and then they walked all over the Europeans' lines. I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, but the the excitement that that brings. I mean, I. I well, and this was it, nothing like that, though. This was. I mean, he no. wasn't near his. I mean, he was. They said he was like eight or something feet from his ball, but you could tell he was like walking up and doing the thing. He was eventually going to like go back the other way. He wasn't going to go towards the hole or anything. I don't know. I just feel like he got caught up in the moment. It's a huge putt. The fact, imagine going birdie, birdie, birdie while everyone's talking shit to you and you just shove right. it right in their face, like right in their <laughs> face, dude. You know? <laughs> Isn't that moment you live for, though? And then McElroy missed his putt low, <laughs> which I thought well. was pretty good, too. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, uh, you, you know, you, 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 like I said, you, you never know what's really going on right. uh, behind those closed doors. And I got a feeling that the locker room and, you know, I, you, you get a feeling that the European locker room is, is, is a little bit different than the American locker room. But I don't know. I'm not in that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. But just kind of, you know, the feel of that coming out and that being a part of it. I, I'd like to know the real story. Right. I wonder how much of it is because it was kind of like boring. Like it was kind of like there was a blowout. I wonder how much of it was, you know, it amped it up and then it fed into it and then it kind of, you know, exploded there on on 18. And the part that's weird is there was like stuff after. So like that kind of died down and and then McElroy went at, at Bones, you know, the, the caddy Bones who was with Phil Mickelson for years, like, you know, yeah. and, and Bones wasn't even a part of it. I think he just like kind of took some shrapnel and, and you know, a friendly fire or whatever and just in the middle. Right. I guess he went home and then uh, he had Brooks Kepka's caddy, Ricky Elliott, who's an Irish caddy, had an exchange with McElroy back at the hotel. So like McElroy was so heated that he brought it back to the hotel and had a big argument with, uh, with Elliott in the middle of like the hotel. So I don't know. It's just, it's weird that McElroy seems to keep being in the middle of all this because I mean, he's such a good golfer. You just kind of wish the golf would just be what we were talking about. But you know, the fact that it was maybe a down year for, for Ryder Cup as far as uh, being close, uh, at least it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, but but it's not like the Ryder Cup wasn't a big deal over in Rome. I mean, did you see the crowds there? Yeah. The crowds were amazing. Yep. And what a great setting outside of Rome and, and a, a great golf course. And it's not like they needed to do that to draw in some more fans. No. So I don't know. Maybe that's the passion. 
Yeah, I just think it's it's a mix of stuff. Like you said, it's the egos, and then it's this this new type of competition, and it's not just regular. It's best ball and alternate shot, and you know, it's like all that stuff. To now, you're tied into the other guys, and what they do affects you directly. When you're used to like that not happening at all, you know, with yeah, golf, match play, right? Right, match with, play with golf, it doesn't really matter. You're not playing the other guy; you're playing the course usually. So, but now, like you're, oh, you know, you hit your drive, I hit the next shot. So, I just think it, it brings up a lot of stuff that those guys are not used to dealing with. And then you bring the emotions of like America versus Europe and, you know, like that kind of like the tension in the crowd gets into it. And, you know, Europe's got great fans and, you know, they, they love their sport over there. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just it's just fun to talk about. Yeah, it is, it is fun to talk about. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's like <laughs> they're going to be, be talking about us. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we weren't isn't there. Isn't that no. what we say you know, on this podcast? We use that line at least once a, you know, once a week when right. we talk. Uh, what are you talking about? You weren't there. No. And, then, and we're going to get, the, the, I, I guess, it's going to come back to haunt us, son. No, it's all good. It's all, <laughs> it's all good. good. It's right. It's all good. Exactly. Did you see Kepka uh, pose with some of the other players? for like the team, you know, that like LIV and PGA are going to like merge or whatever that, uh, uh, like he put a shirt on. I forget with like what the team's name is here. I got it right here. The smash team smash. And it's like Ricky Fowler. It's like home. I think it's Shoffley and him and they're all wearing like the team smash. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like he's just like hinting like that could be maybe the team once the whatever shakes out after the merger. I don't know what's going to end up happening, but it was, you know, he's kind of stirring the pot a little bit and, and <laughs> talking a little shit. Well, it's, it's fun. Whatever it is, maybe uh, I hope it doesn't bring who's the commissioner of the PGA. Uh, had yeah. all the stress. I forget his name. I can look it up. Yeah, maybe it's going to create more stress for him. Yep. Yeah, that's what they said. So, Jay Monahan. You know, old yeah, on, old honest Jay. <laughs> so, see what they have to say. Yep. Well, what uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? You, I, uh, you gonna spend some time with Auntie? I'm gonna hang with Auntie. Uh, my cousin Kylie is gonna maybe come over. We might take a little drive and uh, try and see the trees are kind of turning out here. The aspen trees are are turning a beautiful shade of yellow. Um, oh, so beautiful. we might take a little drive and, and try and take some pics and, and fly the drone around. And then I'll just be back here hanging with Auntie and, and watching movies and, and playing cards with her all night, gambling on football. So Doesn't sound bad. Send us some pictures. Yep. And uh, let us know how things are. Call us tonight. Give Auntie a hug and a kiss for us. And, and uh, you be safe up there. Tell, tell all the cousins hi for us. And in the meantime, you can follow me at, at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. Uh, follow Brett at Brett underscore Connors mm -hmm. uh, at ADV Connors our, on our podcast. And uh, yeah, that sounds in, good. Uh, listen, we appreciate all of you and uh, always send some questions to my Facebook page, if you don't mind, because we want to hear what's on your mind too. So that, you know, somewhere down the, down the line, we're going to be, you know, talking about you and about the questions that you're asking. So yep. stay with us. We love having you. Yeah, it's been a little while since we did a question and answer episode. Maybe we'll get into that next week uh, when I get back from Denver. Uh, we'll see. We'll get uh, get into some dinner here tonight. Auntie wanted we got a chicken cheese steak with onion rings last oh, night. Uh, there was wow. nothing. There was nothing left. I'm just going to tell you that we're going to try and put some put some meat on her bones. She's a she's a little skinny, so we're going to try and fatten her up a little while we're here. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll do it for you. Yep. She'll do it for you. So All right. you take care, son. You be careful. Uh, I love you. We miss you. And careful getting back. Give Auntie, as I said, a hug and a kiss, and uh, let us know how things are up there. Yep, we'll do, and uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Peace. Thanks, pops. Always fun being with you. But uh, I did not drive 15 hours to come all the way to Denver for us not to hear from Aunt Nida. So why don't we go ahead and talk to her right now? All right, I'm sitting here with my great Aunt Nida Bittner, 95 years old, was almost like a grandmother to me growing up. She's moved up to Denver, Colorado, and I'm here spending some time with her. I just wanted to ask her some questions. How are you today, Auntie? I am great. Yeah? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> How do you like living in Denver, coming from Missouri, so having lived in Missouri most of your life? Well, I like Missouri the best. You do? Yes. What about Colorado? Do you like that it's close to your family? Oh, well, yes. I like it up here because you guys are all here. Yeah? Yeah. Talk to me about your two sons, Jimmy and Raymond. Well, they're the best there is next to you. <laughs> <laughs> They are the best, right? I talked to Raymond a little earlier today. Yeah. And they're coming yeah. out to visit you Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Are you looking forward to that? Oh, golly, yes. Yeah. I raised two good sons. 
They don't smoke. They didn't drink. They didn't cuss. They didn't run around. I mean, they were just good kids. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, uh, what more could jazz for? You did an amazing job with them. Yes. And now you have grandkids and now great-grandkids, is that correct? Yep, yep. I have me a grandbaby named after me, <laughs> great-grandbaby. <laughs> yeah, Blake's, Blake's baby. Uh-huh. And then Isha has four babies now. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a great-grandma, you're a great-aunt to me and Aubrey. Yeah. Um, what Do you remember when you would come visit us out in California? Yeah, oh golly, yes. You like doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I miss flying and all that. I haven't been out to your mom's for... For, um, for a few years, right? Yeah. Yeah, we miss you coming and visiting. I always say we have a mom and dad have a guest room, and that's Aunt Nida's room. That's yes. not the guest room. That's just Aunt Nida's room. Yeah. And it's just waiting for you to come back and use it. Yeah. Yep, well, I'm, I'm just... I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready? We've been having fun. I came out to visit you. We've been, uh, last night we had a cheesesteak. Do you remember that? Cheesesteak yeah. with some onion rings and oh, cheese golly, fries. Yes. Our diet Ooh, went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we played cards. You beat me in cards and poker. And we watched Game Show Network. We watched yeah. some trivia games. Yep, that was good. That was fun, huh? Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember, I have to ask you this one story because I think it's so funny. Do you remember... When you were younger, when you swallowed gasoline, trying oh, to siphon yes. gas. I almost died. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, don't do it. <laughs> do you remember what you were doing? Like you were trying to get gas out of one car, put it in another? Yeah. And you were using a hose? Yeah. And I swallowed. Golly. I, I could have died. I th- Let's see. I, they did take me to the hospital. I was in the emergency room. I remember being upstairs in the, you know, well, yeah. but anyway. And then when they, it burned, it burned really, They right? finally let me go. But it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> That's crazy. You were lucky to come out of that, right? Yep. Boy, oh boy. And you, uh, you still go to church? You like going to church? I love going to church, but I have no car. I have nobody to drive me around. And I really miss it. Well, maybe we can go to church. I'm here. I have a car. So okay. maybe we can go. Or we can watch some some videos or something. Yeah, yes. I know you have your Bible here close. I know you read it a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I got my book over there, you know, that uh, that I read the Bible book, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I miss it. Uh, I miss going to church. Yeah. But I don't, like I said, I don't have any transportation. Nobody should take me. No no car. Yeah, and it's tough to get around with the wheelchair and stuff, right? Oh, golly, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I really don't use a wheelchair unless I really have to. Yeah. Because everybody says, uh, I'm walking. You know, and they'll say, um, well, where's your walker? I say, what do you mean, where's my walker? I'm walking on them. You know what I mean? They, they think I ought to have a. A walker. I said, what do you think I'm using for a walker? <laughs> so, so, you'll, so you'll need a walker when you get old, right? Yeah, when I get old, I'll have a walker. <laughs> but now they think you should have a walker just because everybody has a walker. <laughs> you don't need that. No, I don't. No way. No, because then you got to take care of that. you got to take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. Do you remember we were playing cards last night? Do you remember when Grandma Mary, your sister, and Uncle Jerry, we were in uh, in Dexter, Missouri, which is where you were born? Do you remember we all well, would... I was born in Flint, Michigan. Oh, you were born in Flint, Michigan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then you moved to Dexter. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we was from... Then went to the country, you know. Right. Yeah, my, my dad was a very bad man. He was mean to my mom. So I got us out of, De- out of Michigan. I made him take us to Dexter. Okay. Because uh, uh-uh. he was not going to mistreat my mom. I And I had a skillet. I was going to hit him in the head with it. <laughs> and she wouldn't let me. <laughs> she wouldn't let you hit him in the head with the skillet? Yeah. <laughs> you were trying to protect your mom? Oh, yes. 
Yes, he was not going to hurt my mom. So I got her out of Michigan. And, uh, to Missouri? Yeah. And then so, that's where you guys grew up? Yep. Yep. Do you remember playing cards with Grandma Mary and Uncle Jerry in Thanksgiving? Remember back a long time ago when I was a oh, kid? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I miss them. Yeah. Well, Auntie, I, I love you so much. I just thank you for joining us and, and talking a little bit and talking about your life. And uh, I'm happy to be up here spending time with you. And well, I, I, I'm happy to have you. I just love being with the family, you know. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And I love you all. And I'm sure you are all worth it. And you're all good people. <laughs> yes. Thanks to you. You yeah. you had a big part in doing a lot of that. I tell everybody that we're all God's children. And God is sure taking good care of me and my family. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.